0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of life, Lord, for entrusting to us another day. Lord, thank you for this day. We pray that you would help us to wisely invest it for your glory and the expansion of your kingdom. We pray, Lord God, that as we gather together, you would give us the ability to worship you and to think on you and pray to you with singleness of heart and mind. Lord, may we cast our burdens, our cares and concerns aside. And entrust ourselves to you. We pray, Lord God, for your guidance, your wisdom, and your insight as we gather around your word. Lord, just as at this time of year we gather around fireplaces and sources of warmth, Lord, and we seek the the warming that they give us, Lord, we gather around you today and ask that through your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, you would warm our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. Speak deep into the dark places in our hearts that your light might shine therein and that you might free us from our captivity. Lord God, I pray for your guidance that you would give me your words to speak to your people today. May they be words of encouragement and blessing, challenge and hope, Lord, and we pray that you would fill us all with your word and send us into this world transformed and filled with hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is spectacular to see you all today. Uh, now, one of our daughters just got braces on, which is a treat by all, I think, right? Everyone loves getting braces. Anyone ever had braces before? Yeah, they feel great, don't they? Yeah. I remember back when I had braces, back in the olden days, it seemed like they were a form of medieval torture, maybe. Maybe something from the Spanish Inquisition that had been brought forward and they thought, let's give these to kids at a real formative time of their life to wear around in public. Right? It seems horrible. And one of the worst things about braces, aside from you know having to wear them, is that they make your teeth really hurt. Like when they tighten them or when they adjust them or initially put them on, they hurt. They hurt. And so you don't get to eat which is really a bummer. It's great for a diet, not real great if you want to eat, though. That's really... Uh, and so uh, we were making pizza. We, our tradition is Friday night is homemade pizza night. And so we were making pizzas, and I asked her, I said, oh, what do you want on your pizza? And she said, I can't eat pizza. Can you imagine a world with no pizza? <laughs> Horrible, right? It's just because there's so much pain in her mouth, she can't chew through the crust of pizza. It's just too difficult to do, too painful, right? And sometimes life is like that, isn't it? Sometimes life is so full of pain and difficulty, um, confusion and um, discord that we feel like we just can't handle it. We just can't uh, do what's ahead of us. We just can't take that next step forward. Life is sometimes immobilizing in that same way. In our psalm t- for today, We find Israel in a place like that spiritually. And so they cry out to God in song. And this is not a happy song, right? This is not a happy song at all. This is a song of lament to the Lord. The people of Israel are living in a world which seems so very different from the world in which they had hoped. Seems so very different from where they thought they would be. Anyone ever been in a place like that? Yeah, they're being attacked. Uh, they've been attacked by another nation and are reeling from the effects like they didn't expect that to come. And suddenly they've been attacked and now they're um, dealing with loss of life and property. And, and then just like the loss of dignity, which somebody attacking you brings about. In light of this, they turn to God. They trust in God's sovereignty, his ability to intervene on their behalf. And that all things come from him, but they want above all his comfort and his restoration. And so they begin their entreaty to him with a very, with an image we frequently see in the Psalms and throughout the whole scriptures, God as shepherd. The Lord is the one who has led them like a shepherd and washes over them. He is the one who has provided for them. He is the one who has the plan and sees the danger before it reaches the sheep. And he defends them from it. He is the one who leads them to green pasture. Right. This is the God they call out to. And they say, hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock. Shine forth, you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. They ask God to hear them, to listen to their prayer, to be the shepherd for them, to protect them and to watch over them. They want his help. And so they say, they say, stir up your strength and come to help us. Come and help us. They know that they need God's help. Their enemies are too strong for them. If they could have done it in their own strength, they would have already, but they can't. And so they need God to fight on their behalf. They need God to defend them from this bully nation next to them. He is the only one strong enough to protect them, to save them, and to redeem them. And so they ask him to help them now. Now, here's the interesting piece, right? Uh, is that the people, according to the psalmist, understand they have messed up. Right, They understand that they've not done everything right, which is really a good place to start, is one of humility. They say, restore us, O God of hosts. Restore us. Now, in the Hebrew, apparently you can also translate restore us as turn us again. Turn us again. Turn us back to you. Return us to you, God, and restore us. Get us back to where we were before. Back to where we were in perfect relationship with you before we did the wrong thing. Bring us back to you, God. They understand that the Lord is the only one with the power to change things. The Israelites didn't have the power to turn themselves. They needed God to do it on their behalf. They needed him to return them to himself and to restore them into relationship. The psalmist expresses that the people of Israel have disobeyed the Lord. They ask, how long will you be angered despite the prayers of your people? That's how the New Revised Standard Version, the one we're using this Sunday, translates it. But others' translations say that it's not despite the prayers of the Israelites, but because of the prayers of the Israelites that God is upset with them. This implies that the Israelites are not praying either to God or for the right things. They've been praying in ways that have distanced them from God or created a break in the relationship. They've not been seeking the things of God, but instead their own things. And this has caused distance to come in the relationship between them and God. Remember, Israelite Israel was supposed to be a nation that drew people to God through their faithfulness. They were supposed to be like a giant wall-drug billboard that said... Come and see the God who is our God. Come and worship him. Come and know him. Look at how our nation is run. We live in accordance to God's laws. We treat people with kindness and generosity. We care about the poor. We care about the needy. We do not oppress anyone. Instead, we lift people up. We're a a land of righteousness and blessing and grace. And we worship this God. Come and join us in worship of him as well. Now, that had been the intent. Is that how it worked out? No, it didn't work out that way at all, right? Israel did their own thing. They disobeyed God. They worshiped other gods. They did not do justice and mercy. Instead, they did, you know, what most nations do, right? The powerful took power and held power and they oppressed everyone else who didn't have power. Right? And that's how Israel was. And so instead of being a bright shining light for other nations to see the hope of God, Israel instead became a bright shining sign that said, come and attack us. And that's what happened. So this other nations came in, drawn in not by the righteousness and faithfulness of Israel, but by other reasons. And they ravaged them. Now the psalmist, understands that this situation can only be resolved by who? God, right? It is too big a problem for individual Israelites to fix. Even if the nation gets it all together and has an amazing Horatio Alger moment where they all decide to lift themselves up by their bootstraps, it will not happen. It will not happen. They can't do it. I used to love it in the cartoons, like, um, you know, when they, would, uh, when they would pick themselves up by their own hair. Right. And it really I've tried it. It does not work. I think that's probably why I'm thinning uh, is because I tried it way too many times. You just can't do it. No matter how hard you pull with this arm. Right. The equal and opposite reaction is that you're pushing your body down at the same time. It doesn't work. Despite the cartoons. You can't always trust a cartoon. That's one thing I learned. Uh, and so in the same way, Israel just couldn't pick themselves up out of this problem. It was like trying to lift yourself up by your hair. They couldn't do it. They needed God, someone on the outside, to do it on their behalf. They needed him to intervene. And so they trust, though, that God will resolve this situation, that God will intervene, that he will come and help them, that he will be the one who will heal this and make things right. And when God makes something right... It's right forever. He says, and so will we never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. The psalmist understood that it was only through the life that God gives that they could be kept close to him. If they if God would give them life, they would be held close to his side. He knew the people of Israel needed life and that life would keep them calling on his name. He knew that they needed to have their lives transformed and have a new life inside of them, the life from God. Now, of all the verses of this psalm, one in particular catches my attention. The author says, You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. Remember Israelites' history, or the Israelites' history. I remember when they wandered in the wilderness on the way to the promised land in between Egypt and and uh, Canaan. They were fed every day with what? Manna. And where'd manna come from? From heaven, right? And where'd they get their drink from, their water from? The rocks, right? God caused water to come up, springs to come up from the rocks. They were a people who in their history, in their DNA... Knew what it was to be fed by God, but now they have a new meal. They have the bread of tears and bowls of tears to drink. They they are um, just completely immersed in their sorrows. That is how they feel that the Lord has provided for them. Instead of manna and water from the rock, they are feeding upon their own tears. But God had a plan. He didn't want this to be the condition forever. He didn't want them to have a diet of tears. He wanted to restore Israel to himself. He knew how to give them new life. And he did this through his son, Jesus Christ, who ate that meal, that meal of sorrows, that feast of pain and suffering. Jesus Christ consumed it all on their behalf. He ate the bread of tears And drank the fullness of the bowl of tears down to the dregs so that the Israelites and you and I wouldn't have to do that on our own. My daughter has braces now. And while we were making those great pizzas for Friday night, she couldn't eat them. And so what was the only solution? I ate it. (laughs) Well, it's not a great solution, right? It's not a perfect solution for her. But for me, it was a great solution, right? Um, Conversely, Jesus Christ, in drinking, eating the bread of tears and drinking the bowl of tears, has drank something on our behalf which you and I could not do. Could not do because of the suffering involved in it. He has done it for us. And as opposed to me eating my daughter's pizza... Instead, when Jesus Christ drank and ate that meal, who received the benefits of it? We did. We did. You see how unique that is? How God did this? He, the victor, took suffering, pain, and hopelessness upon himself and ate this meal of tears so that you and I could be given the victory could eat the Feast of Righteousness. And he offers us this feast today. He offers us his body and his blood. Bread and a bowl of wine are given to us. And he says, eat them in remembrance of me, the one who has eaten this meal that you and I would never, ever want to eat on our own. And so today, do we come Under uh, leaden skies of sorrows in our own lives? Do we come burdened down by pain, suffering, confusion over where life is going? Today, may we lay those burdens at the foot of the cross. May we turn to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has eaten that feast of suffering on our behalf. And may we receive from him his life, his restoration, his healing, and his victory. Like the Israelites, may we come confessing that we are broken people in need of grace and ask for his redemption and healing in our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the one who saves. You are the one, Lord God, who has come You have shown us the light of your countenance. You have restored us, Lord, and we have been saved through faith in you. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us humble hearts. Lord, may we confess our sins and our brokenness to you. May we confess that we have tried to do things on our own and failed. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for this, that you would deliver us, Lord, from this prison of self-sufficiency, Lord, that you would help us to trust completely in you. Lord, and we pray that you would help us to lay our sufferings at your feet, to lay our pain, our burden, our grief, anxiety, Lord. May we lay those all at the foot of the cross. And we ask, Lord God, that you would give us your hope. You would give us your life, that you would give us your joy and peace, Lord, and send us out into this world as emissaries of your good news. May we speak hope to a world which is covered in shadows, Lord. And may your light shine in the darkness. And may you draw people to yourself. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.